Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the Mount Holyoke College Athletics Podcast. We have two very special guests today and another special interview that we are going to drop kind of in the middle of the episode. Our first guest, uh, she's in her third year at Mount Holyoke. Uh, she's the head women's basketball coach, Jackie Ward. And our, our next guest is, uh, in its, is going into his 27th season as the head tennis coach at Mount Holyoke College, Aldo Santiago. How are you guys doing today? Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah we're good. We're doing good. That's good. That's good. Um, so we're going to kind of hop right into it. And, you know, I have a, a few housekeeping items that I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, last episode, I didn't introduce myself. Um, so that was kind of the, the feedback that I got. Uh, my name's John Santer. I am the Associate Athletic Director for Communications at Mount Holyoke College. Um, you know, we started this podcast as another way to engage our student athletes during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but, I, you know, I see this podcast transpiring into the year and, and being a way to engage with our student athletes, you know, our alumni base and our prospective student athletes. Um, and I think it's going to be a great way to not only talk about uh, the great things that happen within the Department of Athletics at Mount Holyoke College, but, you know, also some issues that are happening across the NCAA and, you know, some of the things that student athletes are faced with, um, particularly at the Division three level. Um, so that's why I wanted to have both of you on here today, because Jackie, you kind of represent the new generation of coaches and, you know, the younger generation and, and Aldo, I love you, man. And it, you're, you're the veteran, you're the veteran around our department. You know, you've been there the longest, uh, you're a senior lecturer and the PE coordinator. So you have a lot, you wear a lot of different hats in our department. And, um, you know, we can always hear you coming with your, your sneakers down the hallway, but it's mm -hmm. always a pleasant conversation <laughs> uh, that when, when that, when that conversation does happen. So, um, I guess we'll, we'll get right into it. Um, you know, Jackie, I wanted to start with you and kind of, uh, you know, this is my first year experiencing uh, a, a basketball season at Mount Holyoke College. And, you know, I was really inspired by you, uh, your staff and, and particularly one senior. Um, it was the only senior on your team, but, um, Caitlin Grover, I just wanted you to talk a little bit about Caitlin because, you know, to see a senior and the only senior on the team go down with injury so earlier in the season. But, you know, I, I had a very similar experience in college and she didn't say, you know, I'm just going to fold in the towel or throw in the towel. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to stay involved and, you know, and assume my leadership role and, and try and, and engage these other teammates in, in different ways. So you just talk a little bit about uh, your lone senior this year. Sure. Um, you know, I want to start by going back to last year, to her junior year, because, you know, there, there's a lot to be said for growth in a student athlete. And I think that, you know, I, she and I had a rocky start. Um, we had a little bit of, um, we clashed a little bit in the beginning. And, you know, we had a couple of tough conversations and through those tough conversations one-on-one, -on -one, I think we both kind of grew, you know, me as a leader and then her as a, a leader on her team and among her peers. And, you know, we understood each other better. And I think that because of that, our relationship grew immensely. And I can safely say that now, you know, through her senior year, she has been the best captain I have seen um, as a coach. So, you know, to see her growth and to see her be a servant leader has been really inspiring to me. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, you never expect these injuries to happen, especially going into your senior year. I, I had the same thing happen to me. Well, not the exact same thing, but, you know, I had an ankle injury. I had surgery at the be beginning of my senior year. And so I was out for the first seven games. And so the, 
you know, I was able to come back a little bit earlier than she was, but, you know, I do understand what's, you know, what had happened to her. And so she and I were able to kind of work together mentally and focus on the mental piece of it. You know, I, I always had to check in with her and say, you know, how are you doing mentally? Because you are leading a team right now as the only senior, as the only captain, and you have a season ending injury. Um, and so, you know, we had to keep checking in and making sure that she was mentally healthy and, you know, able to, to lead her team, which she did with such grace. And I honestly don't know how she did it. Like, I don't have an answer for you. She's just kind of an incredible person. And um, I will forever be grateful for the impact that she's made on, on our program. Absolutely. And, you know, some of the things that I noticed and were especially difficult for me and, and getting to know Caitlin, especially being in my first year, you know, you have a, a warm-up routine where the team kind of goes off into the locker room and, and, and you and you as a coaching staff address them one final time before the, you know, the last 10 minutes of warm-ups or something. But Caitlin always kind of lagged behind and sometimes she would take like a, a long, somber walk down the court and you could just tell that she missed, you know, being in that high five line. And, um, you know, just to see the last game of the year, senior game against WPI and you know, her be able to hit those three pointers, one of them count, one of them not. Uh, it was a pretty special moment. Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to be honest, the first three she hit, I got a little, I got a little teary. Um, <laughs> I got a little choked up, which is yeah. big, a big deal <laughs> yeah. for me. But yeah, it was, it was incredible to see. And even I looked over at the other bench, um, the WPI coach, um, Sharice, she's awesome. I have yeah. a lot of respect for her, but she, she also was smiling as well. I, th I think she was really happy for Caitlin, you know, knowing the situation too. So yeah, it was a great experience and I'm, I'm really happy that she had, you know, she was able to end her senior year with that moment. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, you know, transitioning to our tennis program, Coach Santiago, and you, you know, you had two really special seniors as well. Um, and not only led your team on the court, but also off the court. And, you know, just talk a little bit about Ching Ching and Catherine and what they meant to your program. Yeah, um, and before I talk about Ching Ching and Catherine, I just want to say a quick comment about uh, you were saying, you know, I'm the veteran and uh, Jackie <laughs> and everybody else, are, you know, they, we got yeah. a lot of uh, young coaches. Yeah. And I just want to tell you real quick here, uh, Jackie, Coach uh, Word, she is, I've been observing her since day one. Uh, we talked a lot. I see her coaching and uh, she's a great addition and she's a great coach. Uh, so, and the basketball uh, program is in great hands. I just wanted to say that real quick um, because that's that's very important. That that uh, that combination that she has about caring and working and passion. Uh, I am in quotation mark a veteran, but I am learning so much uh, from her and from the other young uh, coaches. Um, so Ching Ching and Catherine, you were. Uh, Talk to me about, um, you want me to talk about Ching Ching and Catherine? They, they were great. Uh, of course, from day one at Mount Holyoke, they have this uh, persona, this leadership skills. They don't need uh, a title of captain to be uh, of use for the team. They're always there for their uh, teammates. They think about them before they think about themselves. And uh, it's, um, it's very unique. They're both completely different, uh, but they're so similar in leadership. They have two different styles. Uh, Ching Ching is very hard nosed into this work hard period. And uh, Catherine is so nice. And she worked as hard, if not harder than Ching Ching. 
but she she put everybody else in front of her and um this year i believe i started last year i don't have captains uh, but i was telling somebody maybe i was telling you john or, or some of the other coaches and i think i talked to laurie about this uh, i have had the best leadership in my 27 years here uh, without having captain and that's that's very unique to have and that's a testament of how um, Chin Ching and Catherine took uh, the leadership. They, they've been doing it since day one as followers and, and doing a great job of following their uh, captains and now uh, taking the leadership without the title was an amazing thing uh, to see. So in that regard, I was very, very uh, lucky uh to to have experienced that with those two that's awesome and uh you know they were able to graduate college with a certain accolades um you know catherine in the in the fall would earn the lynn miller warrior award um which is you know honored for people that are, are you know valued within their sport but also give back to their sport and you know or play the sport with the utmost of integrity um, and Ching Ching for knocking off one of the top players in the country was the national player of the week. So um, yeah. really great honors for those two and kind of the feathers in their caps, so to speak, uh, as they graduated college. Yeah, and that's, that's one thing that I really think is amazing where other coaches and other players talk to you about your players. And uh, Catherine and Ching Ching were always in the conversation about uh, how, how good uh, they were on the court and uh, and off the court. That's awesome. And you know, from an outsider's point of view, the, there is there is nothing short of a family culture within your program. Um, you know, very tight knit unit. And you know, I, I think a lot of it, and for me personally, a lot of it's stemmed from your relationship with Eric, um, your assistant coach, <laughs> and you know, how you guys are so close. And I think that that really transcends down to your student athletes. Um, and you did mention this story to me through the year, and, and I wanted to circle back at some point. Um, can you just fill you know, the listeners in on your relationship with Eric and kind of uh, you know, the, the story that you two have that led you to South Hadley? Yeah, well, um, it's, a, it's an amazing uh, coincidence. Uh, I was a player at Colegio in Puerto Rico, and uh, Eric Sestero, who is my assistant now, he was the coach at uh, Bayamón a um an opposing school so i played uh against him be, him being uh, a coach um then i come to mount holyoke and uh, all of a sudden i i see a kid working at a gas station and he recognized me and he said that his eric's son and that eric was coming uh we're moving to south hadley uh, uh to work at springfield and then uh one day eric showed up in my office uh, 23 years ago, and I always joke, uh, I haven't been able to get rid of Eric. Uh, okay. it's, been, it's been great since day one. Um, we are similar in certain things, completely different. It worked really great. Uh, he's very, very politically incorrect, which <laughs> is sometimes, sometimes refreshing. You know, sometimes I had to get him out of trouble when, when he talked to the, to the team. But at the same time, he's so great because sometimes he says things that the team has to react to it, which is uh, where the learning start, you know. A lot of the time I get in between and I ask my team, I, are you sure you're gonna let him say those things? And, and, uh, and then it's just a great conversation that follows 
follows that. The team adores Eric. He's great. He's funny. He loves Mount Holyoke. And he has only been the assistant coach for 23 years. <laughs> I've been there 27. And then he started. And uh, 23 years later, he's still uh, with us. Yeah, you, you still got him by four more years uh, at Mount Holyoke. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, no, that's a, that's a really great story, and I, I certainly hope to do more with that story one day. I think it's really, uh, you know, heartwarming, and I think it says a lot about the culture at Mount Holyoke College and, you know, kind of how everybody embraces each other, and, you know, especially within our athletics department, you know, that's something for me, being in my first year, that was, I, I felt, you know, so welcomed, and, you know, it's such a family aspect, and it's kind of, you know, we're in our own little Kendall complex, and it's kind of, a, you know, you know, a little bit of walk from main campus, but, you know, everybody in that building has the same mentality of being there for one another. And, and it's, it was truly special for me to experience in my first year. Um, you talked a lot about uh, your playing experience as a student athlete. And I think that that's both strengths for you too, as coaches, as you were athletes, you know, and now you coach athletes. Um, so transitioning back to you, Coach Ward, uh, you had a pretty decorated career at Binghamton, a Division One school. Um, talk a little bit about your playing experience at Binghamton and, you know, kind of how that translated into your coaching philosophy. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, when it comes down to it, I, I think the way that I played is kind of the same way that I that I coach. So my philosophies are very similar. Um, you know, I was always in the gym as a student athlete. Um, I came in for at least three individuals a week with my coaches and then on my own um, outside of that as well. You know, I always pushed myself hard in the weight room. So if my um, strength and conditioning coach gave me a goal for the summer to beat, you know, a certain weight, max weight, I would extend that by 10 pounds. So I would try and beat that. Um, and so I, I just always pushed myself. And I think that that's kind of because of that, I think it made my road to coaching a lot smoother um, because I just had that innate drive. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, I would say that I did, I did have a lot of success, but I think that it came from a lot of hard work and I, I just try and kind of focus my coaching, um, in the same way. So always working, always in the office, you know, trying to make time for, um, the, what we're talking about here, which is mental health. Um, but yeah, I, that, that's my, my main goal is to always be better than I was the day before. Yeah, well, that's great to hear. And it certainly has, um, you know, shown within the, the culture that you're trying to establish within your team. Uh, and I shouldn't say trying, it, it, you're, it is happening. You know, you are building it and it is noticeable, um, especially, you know, as someone that's been around the, at Mount Holyoke for a long time to be able to say what, you know, Aldo just was able to tell you via this podcast. I think that that's, uh, you know, really nice. And for me to hear that too is really profound because I've only been in the year and I've uh, had limited exposure to the program, but for someone that has been, you know, has seen Mount Holyoke grow through the, the last 20 something years, it's, it's pretty special. Um, and, you know, when we started this conversation, uh, both of you were talking about uh, physical education, you know, nuances, uh, you know, as we transition into the new look of Mount Holyoke college for uh, the 2020, 2021 academic year, um, and that's kind of where I wanted to pivot to uh, with this conversation. And um, obviously, we were, it was a, a difficult time mid-March when, you know, for obviously Coach Santiago, you were in season. Um, Coach Ward, your season had ended, but, you know, student athletes had to leave campus. Um, it was a difficult time for all of us, uh, you know, but we, we remained engaged with our student athletes during that time. 
Um, and, you know, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that physical education aspect. And, you know, I'll, I'll go back to Coach Santiago, but, um, you know, what are the challenges that you're facing as the PE coordinator and the, you know, a senior lecturer within our department? And then, you know, we'll go to Coach Ward as, as a lecturer in the department and just kind of uh, what you're envisioning the next year looking like and, you know, kind of as we look at the resocialization of higher education, um, some of the things that you've been thinking about lately. So we'll start with you, Aldo. Yeah, yeah, the, the, um, the major challenges that we are uh, facing, which is not only Mount Holyoke or the physical education department, every college is in the same uh, type of uh, predicament, is how many, how many students can be on classes safely, um, how many classes you're able to teach, uh, are they gonna be in person, are they gonna be remote? Um, so all those little things, you know, what happens if uh, students get sick, what happens if uh, instructor gets sick, so all those things, um, in addition to all the question marks on what will be happening next, um, there's so many question marks coming from left, right, up, down. There, there's so many questions, and, and you cannot plan for every single aspect. You have to try to plan and then uh, hope that that plan will be able to transition to whatever situation we might find ourselves in. So. Uh, as coaches and physical educators at Mount Holyoke, uh, now we have to deal with the NCAA and uh, the, um, the coaching part. Uh, and then at, at uh, instructors at Mount Holyoke, then we have to be thinking about what classes um, are the best to offer. Uh, for example, I teach tennis, and then uh, that's not a sport right now that... Uh, uh, it's getting a little bit better on the situation and the CDC and all the information, but uh, we need to transition to classes that um, we can do in person, that we can do remote. So I'm going to transition to teaching walking. Um, and then we, we and, and that's the same thing with uh, the other coaches, instructors, you know, uh, those that used to teach running, walking, yoga, uh, weight training. So they're, they're great. Um, I got Erin uh, that used to teach uh, squash, so now she's going to teach something else. They're doing a couple of great uh, new courses to be able to do this successfully in person and, uh, and remote. And then I have asked uh, the department. I, I'm the coordinator. Uh, is our program, is uh, the department program. So I have asked everybody to be flexible and uh, to sacrifice a little bit on uh, doing new things, doing new schedule. Um, I just finished the schedule. And when I say finish, you always think that you finish and there's always, on the next day, there are other variables that you had to go ahead and adjust, so. It's never uh, really finished. Yeah, so, so it, it sounds like we're gonna be all right. Oh, now, now we are working uh, really hard, waiting to see uh, about the students who's gonna be here what's gonna be happening, and uh, all those things evolve as we speak. So the college is making all those decisions and informing the, um, the students and the parents of what's gonna be happening. So we are, uh, actually, I am very, very, very excited and nervous at the same time, but I'm gonna do what I tell my players to do. You know, use that nervousness as a sign of excitement. So, uh, uh, that that's what we are doing uh, right now.
Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, and, and a lot of, a lot that has to do with it is, uh, you know, our topic of today and mental health and, you know, as we transition into those kind of the new territory and, you know, you mentioned it, you know, you're asking your, the coaches and your colleagues to make sacrifices, but, you know, for a model that you view and, and we've talked about has, has, is better for the future. And, you know, it complies more with the, you know, the new restrictions that are going to be around our building and, and around campus. Um, you know, I, I want to transition now to our interview. Um, I sat down with Katie LeBlanc. Uh, she is one of our assistant athletic trainers, and we had a, a long discussion about, you know, student athletes and mental health and, you know, some of the things that she has seen um, and some of the strategies that she has tried to implement into not only her personal, um, you know, her personal life, but also the, what she tries to communicate with our student athletes. So we'll send it to Katie right now. I now have the pleasure of introducing our second guest on the Mount Holyoke College Athletics podcast. Uh, she's one of the assistant athletic trainers for the Department of Athletics at Mount Holyoke College. Uh, her name is Katie LeBlanc. Katie, how you doing? Hello, I'm doing great today. So a little bit about Katie, um, you know, before we get into it and, and talking about mental health and, you know, mental health among student athletes, especially at Mount Holyoke. Um, Katie and I actually have an interesting background. Um, Katie and I both elected to go to Springfield College in the fall of 2009, um, and we were both athletic training majors, um, coincidentally. So we shared a lot of the same classes um, for the first and second semester. And one of us, Katie, obviously, stayed within athletic training, and the other one decided to go kind of more down the communications and sports journal journalism route. But uh, we do share a bachelor's degree um, from the same institution. So, you know, Katie, uh, I saw you on graduation day in 2013. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, you kind of did a, went on a little different route, but we both wound up back at Mount Holyoke College in 2020. Um, so just kind of fill in the blank there and tell a little bit of our listeners your background uh, and what you did for um, post-graduation into your role uh, at Mount Holyoke. Oh, yeah. So um, graduated from Springfield, obviously, in 2013. I got um, my undergrad bachelor's uh, science in athletic training, minor in psychology. Um, and then from there, I went straight to grad school, did a 13-month master's education in athletic training, like kinesiology, body movement. Um, I wasn't ready. Like, I wasn't ready to just, like, go into it. So I was like, oh, I'm going to stay in school longer. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Um, and then after that, I was lucky enough to get a position at a D1 college in New York. I own a college, so it's a small private college. Um, I learned really quickly. I did not like living in the city or near it. I mean, it wasn't, I was probably 20 miles from New York City, and it was, I grew up in a town with like, you know, 10,000 people, and that was like way too much for me. Um, so I went back to Virginia. I ended up spending two years at uh, Longwood University, which is a D1 institution. And I loved it there. It was awesome. Uh, it was definitely being the Northern and the South was like became my identity, which was like really weird. Um, but there was definitely like a thing about D3 and having gone to a D3 school and some of the values of D3 that I missed. So. I ended up coming back home to Massachusetts. I worked at a hospital for a short period of time. I really wanted to like find a school that fit 
my values and what I what I wanted um, instead of just picking something to have a job. So when Mount Holyoke had a position open and I was reading through you know, the, the women's college mentality um, or the historically women's college, um, I really liked that vibe. And D, I mean, D3 is great. It's all about being a student and I'm a very like academic person. So that push on academics first and then the athlete part really supporting it was was like a big reason why I wanted to work in Mount Holyoke and it worked out really well. And I ended up being, you know, 20 minutes from my undergrad. So, it's, you know, how it is, it's great to be back home, really. Yeah, it's really great. And uh, I remember looking at the staff directory when I was interested in applying for the, at the institution as well and seeing your name in there, I was kind of like, I know that name. And then I met you during the interview process. I was like, I knew I knew somebody here. So, you know, it was really great to see a comforting face and, you know, your infectious smile that spreads through our athletics department is, uh, is always very comforting. Um, so I, I wanted to ask a question kind of going back to before Springfield College and, and what mm -hmm. led you down to the path of athletic training? Yeah, so the super typical answer, <laughs> I, I tore my ACL when I was 13, 14, um, which is like, unfortunately, really young. Um, tore my ACL, I did cheerleading, which saw, you know, the debate is it a sport is not, but for me, it was definitely a sport. Uh, year round is like, you know, swimming and all those other, like you never really are done. But um, I went through PT, I didn't have an athletic trainer. Um, I had a lot of like isolation from the sport and that whole bit, which I think kind of works into why like I care so much about the mental health side of it. But I went through PT, I loved PT, but the population like wasn't my vibe. So my PT actually was like, hey, have you looked at athletic training? And and then start shadowing and going there. So PTs are awesome. I mean, I'm super lucky that they showed me that route. Otherwise I probably would have gone PT and not been quite as happy. Well, I'm glad that it all worked out for you. And uh, you know, I, I don't get to receive the benefits of your skill set, but <laughs> I heard and I am able to view that it's, uh, it's received well amongst Lions Nation. Um, so kudos to you for you and your hard work over you know the past 10 or something years to get uh, to the position you're at and you know there's uh, for someone that's in a similar position uh, we, I can't wait for the next 10. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's been to kind of see, yeah to kind of see where our path <laughs> will uh, will trend towards. Um, so kind of diving into the mental health aspects of collegiate mm -hmm. athletics and you know we'll start kind of uh, more general and talking about you know before COVID-19 and before this all happened obviously Mental health is a conversation topic that has become more uh, prevalent lately um, based because I think people's mental health is being a little more tested um, now more than ever. But, you know, before COVID-19 and this happened, you know, talk about the, the mental health uh, strategies for student athletes um, that, you know, we at Mount Holyoke have worked to attain amongst our programs. Yeah, I think the, the big the big benefit of Mount Holyoke is that the stigma of mental health isn't isn't as bad. Um, I still think there's like a lot more work on certain aspects of mental health, but I think in general, it's people are much more like open about saying like I have I have anxiety or I've been dealing with X, Y, and Z, which is is helpful. Like I think why it's been more prevalent. But um, I don't. I mean, for me, it's been before COVID nineteen and all the chaos of that. It's been like adjustment period, like helping 
the student athletes adjust to being in college and all the changes that go along and trying to figure out who you are as a person and balancing like this, this work-life balance or school-life balance um, and all the stressors of having all these, these new stimulus and not having your, your old coping skills or trying to figure them out. Um, and it's, it, for me at least, mental health is something that you hear a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But you don't really inquire, you know, it's something that you don't sit up and, 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 and go to somebody and say, hey, how are you, what are you doing to improve your mental health? Um, and, and so I think it was uh, the beginning of May when we had the, the NCAA Division Three did their social media campaign, mm -hmm. um, hashtag break the stigma, and it was to raise awareness around mental health and, you know, just a lot of the messages from our student athletes were, you know, really, really profound and, you know, a lot of them talked about, you know, it's, it's okay to not be okay. And, and different people, uh, you know, heal in different ways mentally. And, and I think that, that that social media awareness, social media campaign came at a really good time because those quotes certainly provided a lot of support for people that were struggling with it. Um, you know, so just talk about some of the conversations that you've had with student athletes over the past, you know, two months uh, and, and some of the things that you've seen that they've taken um, or they've kind of trended towards to help them stay in balance uh, as student athletes. Mm -hmm. I would, I give a lot of props to our student athletes being so vocal um, in how they feel or, and like you were just saying, like saying like, I'm not okay. I think just acknowledging how they're feeling and that they're not feeling great is, is, is awesome. I think that's a great first step for people. Um, I think the people I've talked to, a lot of them are, how do I stay connected to my friends? Like, how do I help, you know, my teammates who are having issues? Like, how do I keep them engaged? Which is, which is awesome. Um, and a few have found some like really funny, creative things to help, you know, keep them for lack of a better word, like sane. people taking up like knitting or I've been doing a lot of painting or a lot of art therapy type um, tasks, which are relatively inexpensive and you don't need to be outside if you can't do. Um, those have been like some of the good ones. And even just like I've been, you know, I personally have been doing book club with my friends from high school. So we've been able to actually interact more because we just do Zoom calls and can talk about the book and then, hey, let's watch a movie together and stay connected with people who I don't personally get to see very often. So a lot of, a lot of that's been good. Yeah, it's uh, the, the crazy thing for me, at least, is it's been almost a, an ex, like not an excuse, but an opportunity to, to connect with people more than you normally would have been, you know. So like, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my my family and I, we we would not have met for, you know, biweekly trivia nights via Zoom, um, you know, if, if there was no pandemic and we weren't quarantined to our, our homes. Um, so they've, it's certainly been great. Um, you know, my grandfather who is, uh, his wife passed away and a couple of years ago and he's all alone in his house up in New Hampshire. So he's been able to figure out Zoom and, you know, see our faces and stuff like that. So it's certainly been, just like you said, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity for people to reconnect uh, and, and stay social, you know, because that's what was taken away from a lot of people is, you know, the opportunity to go out in public and, you know, see your friends and be close with them. And, you know, for people to, to, to remain do that, I'm sure it helped. And for, for our student athletes, I, I saw a lot on social media 
um, in terms of the, they did takeovers. So on their team specific yeah. social media accounts, they've been doing a lot of takeovers. So we've been seeing a lot of those really cool, uh, you know, hobbies that they've been picking up. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of gardening. I've seen a lot of cooking. Um, so it's really great to see our student athletes. And, you know, you did mention something a little bit before about our student athletes and, and not being afraid to speak out and not being afraid to, you know, address their problems and, and face them head on. And I think that that is, like you said, a testament to the culture that we have and not only in mm -hmm. our athletics department, but also at, at Mount Holyoke colleges, you know, people that are not, are very self-aware and, and not afraid to take action when um, they see, they see something that they uh, feel as if they need to take action on. So, um, you know, a little bit more about mental health and you talked about your, your personal experience with um, handling an injury. So, you know, talk about how that experience helps you now when you when you work with student athletes that are injured and, and kind of getting them back onto the competitive arena. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely was at like a, a bit of a disadvantage when I, I had my like season ending injury um, because there wasn't really, I mean, it's high school, first of all, so you kind of have those limitations but I didn't have like any type of anyone to go to besides like the PT or your parents to talk to um so like I personally went through a lot of like disconnect with feeling not a part of the team and kind of losing like my identity as as a, a cheerleader for that you know me specifically so yeah. it's been it's been good because I feel like I can relate a little bit better um when people are having really bad days and I I think like in general, friend to friend, it's good to kind of like acknowledge and be supportive of someone having a bad day and not trying to necessarily make them feel better, but just being like, okay, like what, why are you feeling this way? And like, how can we make sure that tomorrow doesn't feel like today? Um, so I think those, and I think just acknowledging that not every day is gonna be a super productive day. Sometimes people come in for rehab and you can just tell them when they walk in, they're like, you know, they feel like they failed a test and their needs been bothering them and just all this other stuff is weighing on them. and it's like okay let's um let's color for 10 minutes and we'll do some really gentle stuff i'm gonna give you like two exercises and then it'll be a feel-good day and it's like we're not gonna try to push it we'll just right so it's, it's an opportunity for them to have to take their mind off of the things mm -hmm. that are making them uncomfortable um, so, you know, transitioning a little bit outside of athletics and kind of into, uh, you know, more personal and, you know, just us as humans, mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about the things that you, the steps that you try to take um, in, in, in order to not only improve, but sustain a strong, uh, you know, the strength in your mental health. Yeah. You know, I'm personally just going, I mean, as you know, I'm just going through moving. Mm -hmm. so that's been like adding to, you know, the stresses and everything. Right. So I, I find like some mornings I just gotta wake up and be like, like self-assess. Like, am I in a bad mood today? Yes. Okay. I probably should let my boyfriend know that before the day starts. Like, hey, just to warn you, like I feel extra grouchy. Um, and acknowledging that and just kind of being like, why do I feel grouchy? What can I do to maybe not? And usually like going outside has been mm. my like stress relief you go outside we chat about like wanting to get a second dog we're not but I would love to um, had those plenty, we've had plenty of those conversations yeah. lately. Uh, I want golden retriever puppies are showing up like <laughs> yellow labs like I just want them all yeah. <laughs> but you know we talk about that you talk about the future and kind of like goals and being outside and it kind of it helps distract enough from whatever made me feel like 
you know, like a raging bear in the morning. And then by the end of the day, like I'm feeling a little bit better. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping other people might enjoy that as well. But you know, everybody has bad days. Like right. yeah, I, I got up yesterday and I was like, my omelet looks horrible. I'm so mad right now, which is like the the dumbest reason to be mad, but right. But just like just like we talked about and just like we talked about it before with the the hashtag break the stigma social media mm-hmm. campaign, one of our student athletes, you know, did make it clear that, you know, it is okay to not be okay and everybody kind of heals differently. So um that's that's important for me, uh, especially to understand what other people are going through because I'm the type of person that, you know, pretty self-aware and able to like you said do things that make me happy to handle the stress but um you know when other people are doing that I almost feel a need to help them get through it but um it's almost more productive if I allow them to uh, work through their problems or issues themselves um so that's something that I've learned uh, more lately than ever um is that I can't always help um, and sometimes I just have to let my own uh, happiness be my own happiness and um, other people will work through their happiness um, in the time that they need to. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, so for me, I think one of the biggest things that I try to do is work-life balance. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that was really taught to me at a young age and I'm very thankful for that. Um, I like to take breaks throughout the day. Um, much like you said, go outside, you know, I just had 30 minutes. So I went outside and, and got some fresh air, you know, had some water, uh, played with the dog a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So that was able to, you know, after some grueling meetings that you and I were both involved with, um, taking that 30 minutes to kind of reset and refocus. Um, and another thing that I think that I do really well to, to help keep my mental health in check is, uh, you know, I'm very much when I'm at work, I am at work. And when I'm not at work, I am not at work. Right. So, you know, there's people that work and they, and they, and then they have time off or vacation, but they're always checking their phone and they're always on email. And, you know, like I, and, and th- that's one thing for me that I tried to hold firmly because if I'm not expected to be at work, I, I want to be completely removed from it because that helps me stay a little more fresh. And then uh, the last thing I do is, is actually, and obviously now that the weather has been a lot nicer is outdoor chores. Um, there's nothing yeah. like, you know, you know, raking up a bunch of uh, dead grass or, or doing some stuff to really, um, it's therapeutic for me, at least mowing the lawn and <laughs> making sure that all of the lines are exactly straight or doing weed whacking and stuff like that. So um, I really enjoy doing that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> I got plenty of work for you. <laughs> yeah, you're new. Right, right. Come help us. I know it's crazy. The uh, um, this time more than ever, and, and I and I do a couple. I take care of a couple of rental properties, and there's just been so much pollen, and and it's just you know spring cleanup's been horrible. Yeah, it's been wild. But you know, transitioning back to mental health, and you know, and at Mount Holyoke, and we'll kind of wrap up on this point. But mm-hmm. you know, just kind of the things that are available for our student athletes, um, and like you said, they a lot a lot of them handle with it within their teams or, you know, within our athletics department, you know, as a student athlete body, but, you know, just talk, talk to me about some of the opportunities and some of the resources that we have available um, for our student athletes. Yeah. I think the biggest, the biggest one is to kind of like know your limitation. Um, Like I, I know I can handle a little bit more if someone needs to talk and is having a lot of, 
you know, mental health concerns. Um, but I know that I'm not the best person to go to for certain things. So the counseling services on campus mm -hmm. when available is, is really like the best resource. Um, and if not the campus one, maybe there's, you know, a personal one that someone might have closer by. Um, but for those who, I think a big point is like for those who are trying to help someone else is really kind of like setting up boundaries for yourself, kind of like you were talking about, like know what you can and can't um, take care of and know that you're not gonna necessarily be able to help someone as much as you might want to. But there's so many good resources, like certain health insurances have great um, behavioral health and mental health resources. There's a lot of, I follow a lot of like art therapy on Instagram and different like nutritionists on Instagram. And there's some like really good people out there who have a lot of positive, like positive body image and positive resources of like how to manage stress or how to like escape from, you know, the negative feelings or different coping mechanisms you might need. Um, so I'm always open if someone was wanting to reach out and just be like, Katie, like, what do you, what do you like for this, this and this? Um, obviously the whole ET staff has great resources in different facets. Um, Ellen has her set of stuff that she loves. Micah's got her, uh, his, um, and really probably the coaches too. Um, everyone has their little like quirky things that they enjoy. So you, you find the right personality, you're going to find the right, um, the right things to kind of help you. But I think it really starts with just like reaching out to someone and kind of, even if it's, you know, me and you just talking about, you know, how we're feeling today and being like, hey, let's, let's figure this out together. Like, where can we find a good resource? But breaking that stigma and, and absolutely. starting those conversations. Absolutely. And I think our student athletes are, are absolutely awesome at starting those conversations with each other, with us, you know, hopefully like with their families and their friends outside of the community too. It's, I, I'm, I feel, I'm very like proud of how mature our student athletes are. I can, I don't know about you, but I remember when I was in college, the last thing I was really thinking of was like, you know, how is my mental health today? Like, how am I doing with this? I was very self-centered probably. Um, so it's really good to see how mature like our student athletes are when it comes to like being aware of the people around them. Yeah, I, I have to echo that because, you know, being a collegiate student athlete, I didn't even think twice about mental health or didn't even know what that really meant um no we had you know spirit mind body we were supposed to be like you know well versed. Know that man i was just you know going day by day and you know <laughs> waking up hoping that they had like fresh eggs in the dining hall going to practice and hoping that they had like fresh meat in the dining hall and then going to <laughs> yeah. I, we never took steps to work on that those types of things we never took steps to you know enhance those types of things but I'm so happy mm -hmm. that it's now become more relevant and people are like you said our student athletes are taking a lot more action with it and uh, I think that's a, yeah. like I said before that's a testament to the culture of our college you know Mount Hood College is, is known for developing women leaders um, and I mm -hmm. think that that is very uh, you know that's very important for this topic um, because they are the ones that are going to lead the charge um, and that Absolutely. is in, in embodied in the culture of our institution. Um, so uh, I appreciate all of your insight on mental health. I do want to ask a few questions 
uh, to wrap up and it's going to be nothing about mental health. It's going to be nothing about <laughs> athletics. It's going to be, it's going to be a kind of fun questions. Um, my first one for you, and this is one that I've been asking a lot of people, but um, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, what are you streaming? What are you watching? Oh, so I watched um, 13th was probably the last thing I just watched. Um, I'm really big into documentaries. So 13th sure. is great. Um, history, I think it's History 101 on Netflix. Yep, yeah, I've seen that one. I also just finished all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> We got Disney Plus, we went through all of them, you know, Rogue One and like, uh, so I'm like full on Star Wars nerd now. That's awesome. We, and I, I asked, I asked this question to everybody so far and I'm just trying to get more recommendations for myself. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, we went through, we went through Breaking Bad too. We're on Better Call Saul as well. Like, we, um, we watched, uh, right now we're watching that new one, Space Force. Oh. That's yeah. on my list. Yeah, so that's been that's been pretty fun. Um, we've everything. I've, Veep is a, is a good one that I, mm -hmm. I like. Where we like to watch. That's on HBO. Did you watch uh, Hollywood? Oh, I watched like a few of them. A lot of it, and I'm sure you do this with Matt, but a lot of it's like, "Hey, honey, like I like this show," <laughs> and they're like, and it's like waiting to see, like, okay, yeah, yeah. we can watch it, or like <laughs> you're gonna have to do that one without me. Yeah, yeah, he plays Call of Duty while I watch. Right. <laughs> Call of Duty. We do like we do cooking shows. Like we've been locked mm -hmm. in on Top Chef. Oh, there you go, guys. Yeah, it's about that show, Top Chef is like it's unbelievable because it's competition. You know, like people in athletics, they like competition. So I'm watching these competition shows, and it's a little bit of drama and reality. But also, it's like now I'm going into the kitchen and instead of just like throwing an egg and a sausage in a pan, like I'm adding a little salt, adding a little pepper. I got a flavor profile in there. Developing flavor. Like, <laughs> yes. I, I just imagine like Padma and Tom Colicchio and my and like over my shoulder being like, "Hey, like you shouldn't be doing that," you know. Um, but you no, know, <laughs> an, another question I had for you is just you know you mentioned you were in a book club, but. Um, always looking for recommendations. What kind of books are you reading? What was the last book that you read? Oh yeah, so we all pick. There's six of us, so each each cycle, the next you know new person picks. So my picks have all been like you know those high school reads that you didn't read. Yeah. I read like Fahrenheit 451, which was actually really bad. Um, but we're reading one right now called Cascade, which my friend's aunt actually wrote. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but the ones. The one, I mean, what do you like to read? What's your go-to? Uh, right now I'm le reading a book about leadership. It's called Shackleton, and it's about a, an Antarctic explorer that led a team of 27 people through subarctic temperatures and back to the back to safety after their book. Right. Okay. It's I like pretty, the... pretty similar to leadership during uh, the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I like more of the um, not... <laughs> reels you're yeah you're more of a fiction fictional type. yeah but i have um a pearl in the storm a pearl in the storm okay. is about the um one of, like the first females to row solo across the atlantic yeah um that's a pretty pretty good one i think that's more probably your your sure. but a random one that i really liked was the sweetness at the bottom of the pie which is like a quote unquote murder mystery, but it's told through like the eyes of like a 12 year old. Yeah. So it's in like the 1950s. It's, Jack, I really like like World War II 
Eric nodded her head in approval. So yeah, got another vote. That's perfect. Yeah, that's a great one. Hey, well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I hope to be able to see you in person soon. Yeah, we just want to thank Katie so much, you know, her coming on and, and spending, you know, taking time out of her day for this podcast to talk about a little bit about mental health. And, you know, that's kind of a topic that I want to now pivot to with uh, Coach Ward and Coach Santiago here. And, you know, Jackie, we'll start with you. And, and before Katie's interview, we were talking a little bit about um, the pandemic and, you know, sending student athletes home. And, you know, one of the, and, and one of the things that I love about your team the most is, you know, they, there's no lack of uh, passion and um, I, I'm looking for the word, but it's, uh, you know, creativity um, and, and, and ways to stay engaged. So just talk about, you know, your team, some of the conversations you have had during this time about staying, you know, mentally in balance and, and also, you know, remaining social with their teammates. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, first for me, it was it was kind of a learning experience for me as well, because you know I, I struggled to find my purpose. So over the first, I would say, month, you know, I didn't have my recruiting that I was doing. I didn't have my daily routine that I was doing. I wasn't in the office. I, I mean, it was just so vastly different that I struggled to find my purpose, and that's kind of what made me realize, like my student athletes are going through the same thing exacerbated, right? Because they're not around their team. They're not around their friends. They don't have, you know, all these things that they typically need to get through the day at college. They don't have, and they're trying to finish their, their semesters. So, you know, then we started to talk about the importance, and I say this to my team all the time, the importance of controlling what you can control and not dwelling on the things that you can't because you can't change the circumstances, right? But you can change how you view those circumstances and how you bounce back from those circumstances. So a lot of the time in our conversation, we talk about those. What are the controllables? What can you control right now? You can control your workouts. You can control your um, academics. You know, I sat down with one of my players and we talked about scheduling out every day academically just to make sure that you know she was staying on track with what she wanted to do academically and, and getting her work done um, and then others we talked about workouts what do you need to do to stay motivated with those workouts because you don't have the motivators you usually do right now um, so really it was kind of talking individually with each player and figuring out you know what they need and how they're going to be able to finish out the semester academically but also athletically well, kudos to you for that. And, you know, that's a, it's a, um, you know, it's a really noble approach to, to, you know, kind of realize and be self-aware that you, you know, you're going through these issues and, you know, you have to imagine that these student athletes are, and, you know, for me, the, the, the hardest part was, you know, remembering the days of being a college student athlete and, you know, and you, you had it too, you know, like you would, wake up, you'd like text all your friends, see if you're going to breakfast. And then you'd go, you know, some of you would go to classes together, then you'd hang out before practice. And like, you know, for, for you, Annika and Kelly, just being in Streeter all day long, like, um, you know, it, it, that, that had to have taken a serious emotional toll on them. And, you know, just, you know, I want to stay here and talk about some of the strategies that you took um, to hopefully improve that. Um, you know, finding your purpose and, you know, being able to adjust to, to things that, you know, made you a little bit more or less frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. So for me personally, it was all about, you know, finding that time to do the things that I really enjoy. 
um, because, you know, I, I do enjoy recruiting. I do enjoy those things. I can't do those things. So what else can I do right now? I can do my hobbies. <laughs> and so my, my favorite things to do are to read and to play guitar. And so I've been making a concerted effort every day to do those two things. Um, within the last two months, I've read nine books. Um, so I'm really, really determined to, to stay, you know, mentally healthy. Um, and that's how I do it. And I, I'm a big extrovert and I, I recharge my batteries by being around people. Sure. And so because I can't do that, I have to, you know, inject other forms of sanity. And that's where I do those, you know, those hobbies every day. Um, so it's, and it's really, it's focusing on making sure that I do those, you know, I can't come up with an excuse why I can't do it that day or whatever. I really need to make sure that I'm doing that, those things, uh, for my own sanity. And then also working out, um, for me doing, you know, going on a run or doing, I've been getting really into beach body slash insanity lately. So I've been doing a lot of those workouts, which has been helping me. Um, yeah. And so that, that to me, that's what, that was the key for my own personal, um, sanity that's awesome and it's great to hear and i'm glad that you uh you know you were able to do those things and i've had more conversations lately than ever with my girlfriend about this quarantine and this time and how things are going to look and you know how things are going to be different moving forward and you know i i had the realization that you know i i've done things during this quarantine that i never would have done if i if this if this wasn't an option you know like I, you know, I'm learning how to cook, like, I'm, you know, gardening, I, I like, it's crazy, the, the amount of things that you do to, to, but you're also, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, refreshing, because you're able to now do things like you said, that you've always wanted to do. Um, and we'll transition to the tennis team coach. And, you know, uh, mid-March, you're in season, you have to break the news to your team that, you know, this, we're going home, and this, it's all done. So, you know, talk about that for you. Um, obviously something that you, you, I mean, I don't know for sure, but something you hopefully have never experienced before, but you know, had to have been a difficult time for you and your team. Yes. is um, I just realized through this whole process, uh, how devastating it was for my seniors. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew it was important. I knew it was, um, there's always a great, I was an, an athlete. I was a senior also, uh, but it was so devastating uh, to stop the season all of a sudden with all the little things that we thought we were going to be able to accomplish. We were uh, competing real well. Uh, again, I'm going to circle to Chin Chin and Catherine. They have worked so hard through the year. Chin Chin finally found a great way to compete mentally and uh, she was seeing the results. Um, and we were just hoping for uh, the new Mac season to see what we could do. And all of a sudden, boom, everything has to stop. Yeah. Um, we had to support each other. Everybody uh, was very supportive of the seniors. Everybody was supportive of each other. Um, we were lucky that uh, we were able to schedule one last uh, friendly match with Smith College at home, and, and that was amazing. The, the faces of those uh, student athletes, uh, those kids, as I call them, those kids, uh, were, were great. They, 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 they were playing, uh, they were competing, they were having fun. It was a great environment, knowing that that was the last time that the two seniors were gonna be uh, wearing their uniforms and competing for, for Mount Holyoke, that, that was great. Um, very sad, 
but um, as everybody, uh, Zoom become our best friend. <laughs> uh, we got plenty of Zooms with the team. Uh, I got the team and the alumni together via Zoom. That's awesome. Uh, I have Zoom with my family. I have Zoom with my um, uh, people that I went to school with. I have Zoom till I have never Zoomed before. <laughs> this, this has been an amazing. I have talked to people that I have never uh, talked in many years. Yeah. And so we have been reconnected. Um, it's been a time to, uh, it, it's funny how, uh, I'm gonna relate this to Jackie, how she says she's extrovert and she likes to do things outside. For me, uh, you know what, this, this quarantine thing, it doesn't hurt me that much. I, I normally, you know, I do a lot of things outdoors, you know, I spend the whole summer outdoor on the sun. So I always cherish and love to be inside, uh, away from the sun. Uh, so it hasn't affected me that much, but uh, yes, once I see the sun out, I just, you know, I, I want to be outside now. It's too much now, the, the indoor. Um, I read a little bit. I go out and run every day if I can. Uh, Eric was in charge of uh, giving workouts to the team. Uh, so I videotape myself doing the workouts to, to show. I'm a very, um, I believe on doing what I tell my students to do, to be a role model. So if I tell them to, they should be running, so I go out there and run. If I tell them that they should be eating healthy, so I try to eat healthy. If I tell them to sleep well, all those things that uh, help the mental side uh, of you as a player or as a student or as a kid. So I try to do the same thing. I definitely could do better on my nutrition, <laughs> but uh, everything else I try to, uh, to do as I tell them uh, to do. So it was, it was funny how Eric sent the workouts and I, I videotaped myself doing a few of the exercise and then sometimes I, fi I finish, so how about you? How are you doing? So uh, those things, you know, I try, to, I try to make it funny. I try to get them connected. Um, as, as I'm sure, I saw a couple of the videos that the uh, basketball team did. You know, everybody at Mount Holyoke stay connected. Uh, John, you did a great job getting everybody to do different things. And uh, that's part of, you know, is the team, uh, the tennis team, the basketball and tennis team, and then all the other teams and you as one of our leaders to try to get us connected on this quarantine. You got great ideas and, and you continue to do that. And uh, we feed off of, of those ideas that you have. So we try to keep uh, the team, alumni, uh, everybody and the students uh, together as much as possible. Yeah, yeah I, I just wanna, I just wanna second that, John. Sorry, yeah. um, I think you've done a phenomenal job, and I think we're incredibly lucky to have you in our department. Um, everything that you've done, I think, has brought you know not just the student athletes together, but the department and the alumni network. So I think you're doing a phenomenal job, and thank you for everything that you're doing. Well, yeah, dito, no. dito. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I really do, and. You know, I don't, that's one of my, uh, I think, weaknesses is I don't take, uh, you know, praise well. Uh, I'm kind of awkward when it happens. Uh, you know, I just love doing my job. Um, I love what I do. I love working um, for a department that has the same values as I do. Um, and, you know, Division Three is great. You know, I I built my career on the, 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 the 
the value of hard work. And I think that a lot of uh, my colleagues at Mount Holyoke are also very hardworking individuals. Um, and it's really funny, Coach, that you talked about the the videos that you, you know, you're videoing the workouts that Eric would design. Um, <laughs> it makes me think of The Last Dance, um, the, the famous Michael Jordan documentary, because, you know, there was a time late in his career when he was really hard on his teammates. Mm -hmm. um, but he said to a reporter, he said, I would never ask one of my teammates to do something I was not prepared to do myself. Exactly. Um, so if you think about that from a leadership standpoint, it's pretty, pretty special. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to transition into, you know, we talked about personal mental health. We talked about, you know, communication with your, with your student athletes. Um, you know, what is the message going to be in the future? You know, you're, you're now, you're now talking to prospective student athletes about what Mount Holyoke is looking like. And, you know, being in our department with the two of you, we don't even know really fully what it's going to look like, but you know, kind of what are you imagining those conversations uh, looking like? We'll start with you, Jackie. Yeah, I think the, the biggest message is to take it one day at a time. Um, and, you know, that goes for our department. It goes for the student athletes, everyone really in the Mount Holyoke community, um, because like you said, we don't know what's going to happen. And so, you know, you have to just take every day head on um, and just kind of deal with it as it comes. And I think developing coping strategies to handle anything that comes your way is really important. And, you know, we do mental training sessions with our team. And in those sessions, that's when we discuss um, ways, coping strategies and, and visualization and goal setting and all these different ways to kind of help in certain situations. Um, obviously, this is an uncharted territory, so we, we don't have, you know, the, the cure for this, um, if you will. But yeah, it's it's just all about kind of being prepared to handle one day at a time. Uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about a lot. And then, you know, I've been reaching out to individual players to see how they're doing. And I've been really honest with them through this whole process. Anytime I get news, you know, I give it to them. And then we kind of discuss a little bit how we're, how we're going to handle that and what that means moving forward. But when it comes down to it, just taking things as they come and figuring out how to combat them. Yeah. And you know, you, for you and your team, you don't, you don't want to be behind the eight ball, right? You don't want to like, now that this is happening, implement all these mental health strategies and, and, you know, programming and whatnot. So the kudos to you for already having that kind of type of stuff and that, you know, built into your team. Um, so I'm sure that that helped a lot with your student athletes during this time. I hope so. And I, you know, I think it did. Um, and the feedback has always been really great for the mental training. And I have to give all the credit to my assistant because uh, Alyssa Barrett, because she's the one who runs those mental training sessions. Mm -hmm. You know, as a head coach, I feel like um, the team is more, more inclined to open up if the head coach is not there all the time. And so that's the mental training sessions uh, are run by the, my assistant. And so, you know, that's when they really dive into those, those personal things and, you know, personal motivators. And, um, you know, the, the, each session is structured the same way we use, if you'll allow me to go into this a little bit, yeah. um, I can talk about it, but you know, we, it's an acronym that we use. It's um, for each lesson, it's lions. So the L is the life question. And that is the topic or the essential question that we're talking about for that day. The why is, um, you know, your excellent, <laughs> excellent opinion, which is silent time to reflect on your own knowledge. So that's when you go into your own um, mind and you talk, you think about that, 
that um, content. Mm -hmm. And then the O is the opportunity to learn. So that's when you, they come back as a group and they do an activity together and they learn from one another. The N is the next steps. So the affirmations and the goal for practice, you know, in the classroom, outside the classroom, on the court, outside the court. Um, so, you know, affirmations in that way. And then an S is, the S is for share out. So then if anyone feels inclined to share, um, they share. And so, so those are, that's kind of the structure for all of our mental training sessions. And then we have, you know, a list of different topics that we've worked on um, in each session. But I do, I do think that it's helped. And, you know, we did do a mental training session once this hit and everyone was at home. Um, just, I felt like it was that, that time of the semester where it would have been hard regardless, but now that we're in quarantine, it's even harder. And so we implemented one of those mental training sessions um, in April. So I, I hope that it was beneficial. I think it was, but it's something that we will definitely continue moving forward. Oh, that's great. And, and how about for you, Coach Santiago? Yes, um, there is, there is uh, little things that we work uh, in the season, and mostly this season we were working on moral uh character skills on the moral side and uh we have done before little things about um uh being appreciative being encouraging you know i will email the team in the morning and i will tell them okay so today you're gonna be thankful and uh and then you have to be thankful to somebody and then uh, in the afternoon when they come back and practice and i thought okay so who who did you thank today what did, what did you do and then we go around and at the beginning, they, they, they were not taking it that seriously, but very slowly, I have a couple people, you know, they were thanking other people on the reason why, then they get used to it. So uh, without knowing, uh, yes, I am, I am working a little bit on the moral skills, but that's, that's mental. You know, you have to be thankful, you have to be honest, unselfish. Those are many things that we worked on. And um, I, I catch them. Uh, one, one, uh, one exercise in the morning, I, I say you have to call one member of your family. And then uh, you have to talk to them about how important they were uh, in the process of uh, ending up at Mount Holyoke. And uh, I was very surprised, you know, everybody in the afternoon at practice said, you know what, I, I talked to my, to my uncle or to my aunt. They, they were, I was talking to them about the, that day that I said I was going to, uh, to a women's college, and they, they, we got a great conversation about this. So all these little things um, were really cool that, that I was doing, and uh, not knowing that uh, those are amazing, and, and those, that's exactly what mental skill looked like. You know, you have to think about other, you got to think about what are the important things uh, in life. Um, there was one little thing that I did when, when uh, we were talking about the podcast, and you said about mental health and all that kind of stuff. So as many people do, I went ahead and out of the blue, I Google mental health. <laughs> and I just come up real quick. One of the first um, articles that I read, you say, okay, let me see how I'm doing the mental health. You know, and I'm going to give you the, the, the articles really, really quick. It said nine ways you can improve mental health. So yeah. I'm reading this and they go, you know, tell yourself something positive. Write down something you're grateful for. Focus on one thing in the moment, which Jackie mentioned about. Uh, exercise, uh, eat a good meal, open up to someone, do something for someone else, take a break, uh, go to bed on time. So that was just, you know, from psychology today, I just, I just read all that stuff and I said, you know what, we as coaches, that's what we do. Yeah. That's, you know, we make sure that our 
student athlete eat well, make sure that they sleep well, uh, make sure that they're good to each other, make sure that they're good to themselves. You know, that's on top. The, the actual skill, the jump shot, the, uh, jump shot and the uh, forehand, the backhand, uh, they're very, very important. But we as coaches, as we do, uh, without even stressing it too much, that's what we're doing. We're encouraging them to, to be mentally healthy and uh, be great, great to, to each other, great to themselves and great to the Mount Holyoke community. So that's one of the things that uh, when I read the article and when I think about the things that we do and I hear that the other coaches do, and we have many other coaches that think the same way, that's when I say, you know, 27 years, oh my God, this is a great place. I've been, I've been in a great place for, for so many years. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's what I will say with that. I think one of the most, I think one of the biggest reasons I'm so passionate about collegiate athletics is because of my playing experience and how uh, it, it translated into my, my uh, professional life. Um, you know, the values and the, I learned about teammates and, you know, being a part of a team and, you know, the, the lessons I learned as a leader and being a captain and being able to manage different personalities. One of my favorite things about Mount Holyoke College is that, you know, our coaches pull from their playing experiences, but also understand that the student athletes are going to pull from their playing experiences. So you two specifically have both just shared things that you trans that you try to uh, express to your team and instill within your team. And they're going to now take that and, and, and move that and bring that with them into their professional setting and, you know, kind of be able to develop their leadership philosophies based on that. And, you know, I think that it's important that they think it's important and that they will think it's important for their future. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the future and Mount Holyoke College is, you know, the um, Katie and I talked about this in our interview. Um, but the they were the first ones to step up and, and you know volunteer to be part of the mental health awareness social media campaign. Um, you know, Mount Holyoke student athletes and students in general are not the ones that are going to wait for somebody else to raise their hand and say, "Hey, there's something going on here." They're going to be the ones that are going to stand up in front of the class and say, "Hey, I think that this is a good idea," or stand up in front of their team and say, "Hey, I think that we really need to focus on this." Um, they're leaders, you know, and, and both of you and all of our coaches have a lot to do with that and communicating their leadership styles to their teammates um, or to their student athletes and then through their teammates and through prospective student athletes. And, you know, that's how our culture uh, is going to keep us alive through these times. And it's, it's going to help us grow. Um, so we'll kind of wrap up on that note. Um, I just want to personally thank both of you again for joining uh, me on the second episode of the, you know, my whole college athletics podcast. Um, you know, we're just looking to continue building, continue engaging with our student athletes. And, you know, we, we all are on, on the same page and we want what's best for Mount Holyoke college and, you know, Lions nation. So thanks again. And I really appreciate it. Thank you for the invitation, John. And uh, great to be with you, Jackie. Yes, great to be with you, Aldo. I, I just wanted to say I really appreciate everything that you said earlier and um, to reciprocate the sentiments because I, I feel the same way about you. You're awesome and you've taught me so much in my just my two years being here. So thank you for being a great mentor.